Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are in the house with NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Wes Johnson, Cody Spears, and Jason Bowen. We are a mere 22 days from the 2023 NFL Draft. So we've got all the prudent NFL topics. We're going to talk about Will Levis and if he is falling at the moment inside the pre-draft hype machine, or I guess in his case, lack thereof for the hype. I want to talk about the Cardinals pick at number three, whether they stay put or sell to the highest bidder. They could get a pretty juicy package for somebody, a quarterback needy team there at number three. Cody Spears is going to go through his quarterback rankings for this draft class. We'll discuss a little Hendon Hooker and then some Broncos stuff. John Elway apparently, evidently, doesn't work for the Broncos anymore. Wasn't fired, but just kind of doesn't work there anymore. I want to get Jason Bowen's take on that. That's on the agenda. Foremost, we're going to talk about betonline.ag, which is your number one source for all of your basketball information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and news and information, everything from March Madness to NBA. The NBA playoffs, find that information at Bet Online. It's your source for sports information headquarters this season. If you love sports information, scores, news, podcasts, you can find everything at Bet Online. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in all the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, believe, BLEAV, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. NFL Trend Zone, April 5th. We're going to talk about the draft and pretty much the draft. We're going to start with Will Levis because he's a curious creature, my friends, who some believe could go, I guess, as early as the fourth pick to the Colts. Um, But I'd say in the last week or so, strangely, he has fallen down the draft board. A, because he seems a little odd, a little different than the rest of the group. And he's... (laughs) He's kind of like a guy who might even fall out of the first round. I don't know that I see that happening, but I want to get the group's take temperature um, on what Levis before we get into some of the other topics. And I'll start with you, Cody, because it's draft time. That's your baby. Levis, let's get a speech. Yeah, This is a guy who can be anywhere from a range of Mitchell Trubisky to Josh Allen. He got a quick release, elite arm strength, good accuracy. Um, and that's really just the um, basis of what you want to be building an elite quarterback with. Uh, I don't see Will Levis falling past seven. I think that a lot of these reports that come out about, you know, maybe people's attitude or the way he carries himself or that he's some meathead from New Jersey or whatever that tweet was. It sounds to me like it was some people just trying to poke holes in his draft capital to hope that he falls past four. But I think the Colts is his floor. I think that in a nutshell, I can imagine Will Levis and Jim Ursay sitting together in a room, just chatting it up and Will and Jim Ursay is over here enamored with this guy. That's that's Jim Ursay's type of dude. But uh, yeah, this, this guy, he couldn't beat out Sean Clifford. He has all the elite uh, over at Penn State. Sean Clifford wasn't crap this year. And um, so a lot of people are out on Will Levis. And I think that this could be the Zach Wilson of the class. But like I said earlier, this is also Josh Allen in terms of uh, the rest of his comps he's had uh, besides Josh Allen or what I'm trying to say is Josh Allen is an outlier, outlier, and that Will Levis is someone that you take if you're chasing that outlier, and could also cause a lot of heads to roll as well. So biggest, <clears throat> probably the second biggest bust QB in this class. But also with my top six QBs, I take all six of them over anybody from last year. Oh my! No, okay. Um, just to put it in perspective, <laughs> some if- meathead from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get they get vicious at draft time. Uh, so let's say he falls to 23 at the Vikings. Are you elated or are you nervous that he's going to be any good? Well, I'm kind of freaking out because it's like, okay, uh, you're like refreshing Twitter. Like what? 
did the smoking did this guy smoke in a video before the draft came out like Mm -hmm. why is he sitting here at 23 if we had a shot at him at 23 man that that's awesome i'm not there's a chance we might not have a shot at the fifth best quarterback in the class at 23 but um will levis i think would be our best case scenario i don't think we got bryce young no cj stroud no anthony richardson if we're getting a rookie QB and we want the best case scenario, it's Will Levis. Okay. Wes. New Jersey oh. meathead. <laughs> Wes. Will Levis speech. Will Levis speech. All right. So I, I've heard the the Josh Allen comparables, you know, coming from a not necessarily a smaller school, but um, less recognizable one um, in Kentucky. Kentucky, uh, here they they have a similar body makeup, size, what have you. Um, Will Levis is coming into the NFL two years older than Josh Allen was, um, so a lot of character traits or quarterback traits that uh, Josh Allen was able to learn. Will Levis is a little behind the eight ball in, in that sense. Uh, not sure how much more uh teaching he'll be able to take on to be able to perform uh at an nfl caliber level um i've i've also seen some comparisons to tim tebow so i mean he could be the tim tebow of this class uh, somebody that defenses um know how to scheme against um he has a fixed ceiling to where he's not going to elevate his game past a certain level so um which in a sense the same can be said for anthony richardson um but uh all of his uh measurables kind of vault him uh above levis into that third qb spot so um, the top two guys are, are relatively safe, uh, quarterback speaking, um, Levis, he kind of scares me and, um, I don't know if I would want the Vikings to take him. Yeah, and Levis is really, if you think about it, he's kind of like the flip side of CJ Stroud where, uh, uh, with Levis, you have, you know, exactly what it looks like when things break down around him, when the situation's not good, you know, how he's going to react. Cause that's how it was the whole time at Kentucky. This guy got no help from his receivers, no help from the game plan, no help from the offensive line. And so that's really where a lot of uh, people are arguing for Will Levis is saying that, Hey, you know, when th- when shit hits the fan, we know what we got and we can fix it to where he can react to kind of a different way um going forward because we know he's he's not broken with all this pressure in his face and things like that whereas it really makes you think about someone like cj stroud in comparison it's like man this guy's always had it perfect what happens whenever shit does hit the fan for someone like cj stroud and you know is he gonna break is he gonna crumble is he gonna be ruined and i would say probably for me besides his elite physical traits for will levis that's for me, it's got to be a, a big plus, um, and and it's in a weird way. It's almost like he gets complimented for disastrous plays on the field. But um, I don't. I definitely didn't want to go without mentioning that that his playing out of structure, I think, is also a big reason why he is where he is today. Because if he would have just crumbled in that horrible offense last year, I don't think he'd be sniffing the Yo, first round. How tall is he? Uh, six foot five or uh, six foot four, 229 pounds. Will Levis. Jeez, man. Yeah, he's got man. the stats. He's gonna, he's I'm a, looking at his graph. He's the tallest out of the bunch, isn't he? No, that's um, Tanner McKee and then um, yeah, but Clayton Tune and then Anthony Richardson and then. Then Will Levis, but no, he's this guy's rocked. I well, he's, mean, a, he's, he's a he's a New Jersey it's, media. <laughs> it's definitely. I'm over here showing my wife. I'm like, look, this is the QB four, and she's all like giving me the raised eyebrow, like, why do you have that photo on your phone? Like, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't quite understand it either when you sat sitting in the group chat. And so, then uh, who is that? just uh, just for 
example to show his athleticism i'm looking at this this spread chart right here and i mean this thing touches almost every corner which anthony richardson's looks even crazier but it like applies like his weight his hand size his arm size his wingspan his broad jump his vertical 40 yard and height and will levis is almost maxed out but anthony richardson is maxed out yeah. i mean i think he broke the thing you want to set new records that's insane <laughs> so he would be max different position wes if uh let's say richardson falls a little bit and the vikings have to trade to the 10th pick of the eagles uh two firsts and a third for richardson would you rather them do that or organically draft levis at 23 Mm. Or does neither do the trick for you? What was the yeah, package again? Uh, two firsts and a third to the Eagles at number 10, assuming Richardson fell a little bit. I would... Oh, I would punt. I would wait until next year. Next year, I think if they're going to make a play where they give up a lot of capital... Next year would be the play. Uh, Caleb Williams probably off the table, but maybe you can get a a Marcus May. Okay. Um, with a Drake May uh, or Drake May, yeah. Well, I'm gonna ask um, you in about ten minutes about they, uh, Hendon Hooker too. So <laughs> <laughs> by far the best name, though. <laughs> What about uh, the Cardinals are in this unique spot, Cody, at number three? Um, because there's a really, really good possibility in three weeks that the first four picks are quarterbacks. That's the world we'd live in. And the Cardinals can, you know, get a <laughs> sweet little package to trade away that third pick. If they do that, we've heard rumblings of the Titans. Uh, I still insist that if the Vikings really wanted to hit a home run, they could do that, especially if, if Stroud was somehow there. But who else do you think would be in that sweepstakes for the number three pick, Cody? Man, I would please, 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 please let it be the Titans. Please let it be the Titans. Please let it be the Titans. Anthony Richardson, please let this man go to the Titans. That's what ha- needs to happen in this NFL universe. Derrick Henry's going to add a couple more years to his career. He fits the offense perfect. He fits the coaching staff perfect. He fits the city perfect. Please let Tennessee move up to number three. I don't think the I think if the Raiders move up to number three, it's gonna change it'll change everything from that spot that I think Will Levis will go number three. <laughs> and then who knows what's happening at four. I'm not even entirely sure the Colts are so- sold on Anthony Richardson at four, which mm-hmm. they absolutely sh- absolutely should be in the AFC. You gotta shoot for a ceiling. Um but man, please let the Titans move up to three. It needs to happen. Like I'm looking at this draft order, and to me already, it feels weird that the Cardinals are at three and the Titans aren't picking in the top ten. Like, <laughs> like he needs to go to Tennessee. Oh, man. You don't even like the Titans. Why do you want it so badly? And and if the Cardinals, oh, the fit. And for me, it's more like a um, it's like a mix of my me as a football fan and a fantasy football player. I also look at like, man, this would be a great fit. Even like, let's say Jackson Smith and Jigba, my probably my favorite player in the whole draft. If he were to become a Packer, I would be very conflicted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because even as a football fan, I, I want to see the guy succeed. And I'm a big fan of his as a football player, Vikings bias aside. So seeing Anthony Richardson go to the Titans instead of, say, the Colts. And with the Colts, I don't think he's going to do that great. Because the the I mean he could, but I don't think he he probably wouldn't be that bad with the Colts. But with the Raiders, no, don't don't send Anthony Richardson to the Raiders. <laughs> who's who's that uh that rookie they had uh, the Titans had last year that came in and just did Malik a, Willis. Or, uh, Willis, that's it, that's it. Oh, so, perfect backup. Yeah, that, that, well, that was gonna that sparks a question that I have about because I mean Cody, I just heard you rave. And we've talked a lot about it on this show about the quarterback class of this year being being what it is. What do you think happens to any of the quarterbacks that were the from last year? Do 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 any of those guys ever sniff the field again? Mm, no, because uh, well, Howell's I, go, Howell's going to get a chance. We think pick uh, Ritter 
is Riddle. probably going to start unless the Falcons are the team that trades up to number three. Yeah. Uh, I think Malik Willis just sucks in general, and I don't think yeah. he's ever going to like. I keep so there was a lot of people that got really high on him at this time last year. Yeah, yeah, and, I was going to say that, and they're kind of saying, "Well, the verdict isn't out on him." If you can't trust the guy to throw a fucking pass in a meaningless game, he's not going to be any good. Like you got to be able to and, throw the football and one, a bit as a rookie. And one could argue that he came into the better the better of the situations yeah. with it. I mean, the Tennessee was. I mean, yeah, granted, they had their ups and downs last year, but they by all accounts were. Team, I think I that Malik Willis is a lost cause. That mm-hmm. at uh, best case scenario, scenario right now, he's a great scout team quarterback. Helps you prepare for a lot of uh, upcoming matches. I think that Ritter, I think he's good to go. That coach over in Atlanta is—he's so stubborn. I mean, you have to be stubborn to start Marcus Mariota for three quarters of the season. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Mariota don't even want to be there. Marcus Mariota, I've been saying it for years, just wants to be a backup quarterback. <laughs> and this guy's like, no, you're going to fucking start. <laughs> and, yeah. well, Desmond Ritter, I think that he fits exactly. Him and Arthur Smith are a good fit, um, I think, personality-wise and where they want to go with the team as far as not spending money at quarterback or capital and focusing all on the run game and the defense. I think that Kenny Pickett stays actually longer than everybody thinks and might end up being better than what people were giving him credit for. Yeah. Well, he was the number one pick out of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, Mike Tomlin loves the shit out of Kenny Pickett. So I don't think Kenny Pickett's going anywhere. And then, um, who am I missing here? Oh, Sam Howell Mm -hmm. from me. My personal opinion, reading the tea leaves, I think that Sam Howell has the deck stacked against them, and a lot of people are treating it like it's the other way around. I think that they're if they don't roll with Jacoby Brissett week one, I think that they are making that move um, without much leash length. And I apologize uh, for taking us down this rabbit hole. No, too, no, oh, you're I've, good. I, I sit there at work and think about stuff like this. Oh, no, like uh, <laughs> I think the problem with Malik Jackson, or excuse me, Malik Willis, <laughs> Malik Jackson, <laughs> is that uh, so he sucked going into the draft. Then the digital community decided that he wasn't that bad, and then the NFL general managers confirmed that on the whole he sucked and he fell to the third round. And then we got to see him on the field, and guess what? He sucked. So I think this is just a cautionary tale that around draft time, there's going to be guys, maybe even like Hendon Hooker, who get shoved mm-hmm. into round one, and because that's just the that's the that's the hype machine. Uh, I think Hendon Hooker will be better than Malik Willis, but that ain't saying much. Uh, so yeah, you just got to be true. you got to be pretty damn on your on your toes at this time of the year because this this Levis stuff could all be smoke. And there's just stuff that comes out that you're like, what the hell? On the other, yeah. teams, on the other teams that could trade up, uh, Wes, the Colts could do so out of paranoia to bat off anybody that could be coming for you know whatever guy they want at three. The Falcons, if they've been lying the whole time, the Commanders, maybe if they've been lying about Howell. But if that trade is, uh, I guess, conducted between the Cardinals and an unknown team, Wes, do you think it's the Titans? Uh, Titans make a lot of sense. Uh, Vegas seems to think so as well. Uh, the odds of Tennessee getting the number three overall pick, they spiked um, towards the end of last week um, to having the best odds to select at three, as did Anthony Richardson being a Titan um, also spiked uh, towards the end of last week in Vegas. So uh, Vegas usually knows. And if there's rumblings, I, I'm sure, you know, there's definitely been conversation with the Cardinals. I, I, I'm sure Arizona wants to milk this for as long as they can and, and see what, what it is they can extract. Uh, it's possible also that um, Tennessee wants to see what happens in front of uh, Arizona. It's it's not a given that Houston goes with uh, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud for that matter. So um, yeah, I'm waiting if I'm Arizona, there's, there's nothing, no reason to not wait because uh, the card that they have up their pocket is that Will Anderson is completely worthy of the number three overall pick. So, I mean, wait, 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 wait. If nobody wants it at the end of the day, 
call one final bluff and then pick Will Will Anderson. Should be a total Cardinals thing to do. I think if the if the Colts call on draft night and say, "Yeah, we want to give you some shit for that pick," I think you absolutely do it. A because they're not in your division, you don't give a shit about them ever, and then B you're just getting free picks to go get the guy you would have drafted anyway. Uh, because if the Colts are going to leap for Ogham, it's going to be for Levis or Richardson, and then you're chilling at four. So you're just getting a Double bunch of dip. yeah, you're getting a bunch of free money, which is draft picks to just draft Will Anderson. So uh, I would I would do business with the Colts unless the Titans or Falcons or Commanders or even Vikings come through with a with a bigger package. But I think uh, especially for Austin Fort and his first year on the job, it's such a no brainer because you already have your quarterback to trade that down however many spots, especially if it's only a handful like to the Falcons or to the Colts. It like I said, it's just free money. And I, yeah. that's why that's why I think it'll ultimately happen. Sticking on quarterbacks, Jason loves his name. It is Hendon Hooker from the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, here's a little story about this guy. This dude at Tennessee was absolutely phenomenal, like 58 touchdowns, the five interceptions in 24 games. Uh, <laughs> yeah. if, he, if he if he was 21 and did not have a knee that was shredded in November, he would be right there in this conversation with us. But he's not. He, he by age, he should have been drafted in the 2019 NFL draft. He's the same age as Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray, if you can believe that. Uh, so he will be 26 by the time the regular season ends next year. Now he probably won't play next year, which means if he makes the playoffs in 2024, he'll be 27 by the time he plays in a playoff game. Good lord! <laughs> uh, but the, the powers that be have taken it upon themselves to just yank him by the jersey and put him in the first round in the last week and a half. And conveniently, that's to the Vikings frequently with the 23rd pick. So Wes Hendon Hooker, here's what's happening with him. I didn't know if I wanted him in the first place as a Vikings fan, but now we're doing all this first round shit. I'm going to be happy if we get him in the third round, because at least we didn't take him in the first round and waste a bunch of first round capital. Uh, yeah. It's it's kind of like the the Trump phenomenon where you mess a bunch of shit up and then you change your mind and you're called the hero for fixing what you already tried to break. Uh, that's, <laughs> that, that's where I'm at where, with Hooker. Now, he looks great when you watch the tape. I just can't get over this resentment that I have that if the Vikings draft a quarterback, really, they're going to be the team that drafts some dude is going to be 26. Really? <laughs> uh, and I don't know if I'll ever get over that until he like makes the pro bowl or something. So Wes Vikings stuff aside is all of this hooker stuff. You know, a lot about hooker stuff, don't you? No, I'm kidding. Uh, is, it all, is, it all, is it all smoke or does he, does he come up in the first round? Uh, He's a tough, tough one to peg. I, um, I think it's smoke. I mean, if he does land in the first round, it'll be like a, a Bridgewater, uh, Lamar Jackson end of the first round, uh, to get that fifth, fifth year option from a team. But, um, his age is definitely concerning, uh, as was mentioned. Um, and then also coming off of his injury, uh, when will he be ready to to go? Um, I just I I don't see it. I I don't see it in terms of having first round pedigree. Maybe if he finished the season, mm-hmm. uh, he would have been in that position. But um, if I'm a general manager. You, when you draft a quarterback in the first round, you're drafting your quarterback of the, of the future. You're tying your name, your reputation to that player and spending a first round pick on a 25 soon to be 26 year old quarterback is not the way to go about doing that. It, that doesn't promise longevity at your position. Cody, if this guy is picked in round one, he will be the second oldest round one rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl era behind Brandon Whedon from 2012, who outlandishly flamed out and didn't work. Um, I know you're always high on rookie quarterbacks, and for you to give a negative synopsis on any of them is is a rarity. Are you in on this guy in round one? Uh, Yeah, kind of. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I got to build these quarterbacks up. I'm, I'm high on them all, especially so early because you got to, it's like you're building them up and really the whole time you're just stacking bricks. Uh, any brick that needs to be replaced, you look at it and you're like, 
uh, I could fix that. I could work with that. And you put it on there anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, with this guy, he got, he got a lot of bricks stacked up. Um, but, I mean, he has quick release and a live arm. I think that this guy could go first round for sure. But it's almost like they have two different categories of QBs you could pick from. QBs for teams that need a quarterback pretty soon. And QBs for teams that might need one next year or the year after that. And Hendon Hooker would be the QB one in the later part of that. Um, this guy, he'd be perfect for somewhere like, you know, I don't want him to be a Minnesota Viking. Uh, just just to put that out there, my tweet last night on Twitter about defending the case was just to play devil's advocate. But I do think that this is a guy who could pop, definitely go in the first round if someone looks at him and says, I can fix him. His footwork is horrendous. If you take his injury out of this and you take his age out of this, this guy still might be talked about as a fringe first rounder just from his footwork and that offense. If if you watch any like YouTube videos on the type of offense he was in, they were doing all types of crazy stuff in that offense, like misaligning receivers so they get free breaks. This guy was literally throwing the open dudes, which is awesome in a sense because we get to see that he has elite ac- accuracy, maybe second best in, in this whole class right behind Stroud. Uh, I, he could he could be a little bigger physically, um, but but other than that, he's a really smart, high character guy. It's just his mechanics, and the good thing is that you hear that he'll be ready for training camp. But in this scenario, we're saying he goes to a team that that doesn't need a quarterback immediately. So then all of a sudden, we're looking at your scenario. You listed twenty seven years years old in a playoff game. Is that worth it? Where can we go from twenty six years old, ten to twelve years, maybe? Me personally, I don't want him on the Vikings. I feel like it is such a not Quasey move to pick yeah. him at 23. I, I think that Quasey's too smart. He's too – if you go by analytics, Hendon Hooker's not your guy. It might seem like it from, like, the stats and stuff like that, but if you really break down the type of offense he was in, the best way I've heard it described was as a Looney Tunes offense. <laughs> Hmm. And that, that's an why you'll see it's a looty. Yeah. Title. Yeah. And that's why you'll see like his receiver, Jalen Hyatt, who won the Belitnikov award for the best college receiver. He's not even talked about as a top five receiver in the class. And he had great numbers. Well, it's because this guy was, if you watch any Jalen Hyatt um, highlights, the guy is literally open every time. And it's like that for a lot of their players. His job was just to, Throw to the open guy, which is awesome because you get to see the elite accuracy, the elite arm strength, everything you would want. It's just the age. And for me, the injury is not really a thing. He'll be ready for camp. But for me, it's the age. The footwork's non-existent. He he might trip taking a, a snap from the center. Like, <laughs> it's it's that bad. So as long as a team gets him that has no plans to play him year one, at all, I think he could be good. But such an such an enigma, this guy. I mean, you think about it. You get him in the first round, and you get you can even give him a you know his fifth year option. He'll still be on his rookie deals at the age that most receivers are walking out of the league. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. The uh, talking about his let's see fifth year option or his second contract at age thirty. <laughs> which yeah. could be it, it could be a positive we are going to see a lot of older players coming into the league now that you start to have these nailed probably not quarterbacks but now that you start to have these nail deals matching yeah. rookie contracts you're going to see a lot of older players coming into the league so i mean 26 might may not be that bad of a stretch in a few years but I mean, well, let me ask you this plays quarterback for sure. So, so let me ask you this though, with, with the quarterback being such an important position as we all know it to be, you get guys like, um, like, uh, I'll just use Willis and like Zach Wilson mm-hmm. who come out of the, you know, ranks or whatever. They make a couple of big throws during the college day or what have you. And, you know, they get their, st- uh, their, uh, clout up a little bit. And then they go high. And these guys are like, what was it? Zach Wilson must have been 21, 20, maybe even when he came into the league. And, you know, obviously you got to get into the league and start, you know, reps and playing against uh, NFL type players. But do you think 
that his age could be beneficial to his development as a quarterback. It, it very well Which, could be because he got his head in the game. He knows. He, I mean, I don't want to sit here. And he's and a heck of a lot more mature. Can. Well, he's a heck of a lot more mature than a than a twenty year old. See, is. And that's what you would think. And so that's what I was kind of saying on Twitter last night. And then I went back and looked at it. I think that's a good argument if someone like Justin Herbert wasn't succeeding at twenty two years old. So I, I like I want to say like yeah, he's like a grown ass man. He's going to come to work ready ready to work and take this thing seriously. But honestly, if you're a twenty one year old quarterback going into work and you're not taking your job seriously, we probably shouldn't be talking about you in the first place. So oh, yeah, but that's, I, I do but think that's, it, but, I, I but think that's it, always not going to be the case though. That's always, people are always going to talk about those types of quarterbacks because there's always three to four Ryan Leafs in every draft. Always. <laughs> these guys have been getting everything that, and his story is so on point because these guys have been getting treated like God since the day they were in peewee football, True. you know, that, you know, they, they are the, the maturity level of some of these guys with, you know, you can always use a Justin Herbert as an exception to that. And then Peyton Manning as the exception to that draft. But I mean, I guarantee that like it was Zach Wilson. I brought him up earlier. I mean, prime example. These guys have, yeah. I Zach mean, the- Wilson is, is such an awesome uh, case to go back and look at because He's someone that provisionist history. A lot of people act like they didn't have Zach Wilson as an elite generational talent, number two overall. And the guy showed a lot of great things on tape. Yep. But um, but it's got to yeah, be in between it, the ears. Like he might just exactly. He might he might not just have it. I mean, some of the things he would say at those interviews was like, dude, how old are you? Really? <laughs> like, how are you you're not going to think about saying like, oh yeah, it's not my fault. I just went out there and completed six to eighteen passes for. 63 yards yeah. out of all, all this uh, i'm kind of back to where i'm at where i was at three weeks ago if he's there in the third round for whoever go for it because then you got some mm-hmm. value there if it doesn't work out it's not just this atrocity but if you're uh, yep if you're if you're anybody that's going to stretch into first round it, it just i'm with you at for the vikings anyhow it does not seem like something the value-based general manager would do is go take a old third round quarterback with your one with your, your one big pick to, to get replace Kirk. Yeah. Uh, all the right. Cornerback so, class is crazy in this year. Yeah. Crazy. We're going to get into the corners probably next week or the week after that. But now is your time, uh, Cody. We want your, I said seven. I want you to rank your quarterbacks. You can either start at seven or start at one, however you want to do it. But we're going to do the speech, speech, speech. <laughs> All right, so number one, I got Bryce Young. This is a generational talent, as good as everybody calls Bijan Robinson. I think that that Bryce Young is for sure right up there with him. CJ Stroud. I have him next. I do like CJ Stroud a lot. He checks literally all the boxes you want him to check. He this could be like a a Joe Burrow with wheels. Uh, he he he's not as mobile as I just made that sound. But anyways. My thing with CJ Stroud is we haven't really seen him play out of structure when shit hits the fan. What type of quarterback is CJ Stroud? That's the main thing that scares me. And it's kind of dumb that it's a <laughs> knock that he's his his profile is so great. It's an, almost a negative. Uh, then after that, I do have Anthony Richardson. Um, him and Will Levis are a lot closer than you would think. And I actually don't have him as two similar prospects, even though they could come across as that. Anthony Richardson, it's just, it's for the ceiling. I mean, you take Anthony Richardson, if if he hits, this is a guy who can go toe-to-toe with Pat Mahomes. That's the type of ceiling he's going to have. And he could probably do it without a wide receiver 1A and a running back 1A. That's the type of ceiling this guy has. Will Levis is a lot like Anthony Richardson, but the way I describe Anthony Richardson is he's an athlete who moves the ball. He throws, he launches the ball will levis would be like an athlete who or he, will Levis is is more like a thrower of the football and less like an athlete who kind of has learned to just launch the ball after that i got hidden hooker and he's kind of a, a, in a tier of his own okay. um he could go in the late first early second uh we already touched on him a lot and then from there it's a huge drop drop off um really it's hard to tell before you get draft capital on the rest of these guys, because they all almost fall in a tier of their own. And they're yeah. 
all kind of interesting in their own right. Max Duggan, the TCU quarterback, has to kind of be up there for me. He's he's kind of like a Baker Mayfield that can run. <laughs> like I said, these options are horrible. I wouldn't take any of these guys. Honestly, probably not even before the fifth or the sixth round. Um, Tanner McKee is a big PFF one. He's like a Joe Flacco comp. Uh, he's also another old quarterback and your traditional throw drop back passer he's probably my uh number six behind hendon hooker and like i said i don't really like any of these quarterbacks a lot of people probably go um stetson bennett there at the end um he is more athletic than people give him credit for and i do think he catches a lot of heart for his age that I mean, when you look at this quarterback class, a lot of them are 24, 25, 26. Yeah. So Just uh, I think Stetson Bennett gets dunked on a bunch. And honestly, I'm, I'm really thinking he has a pretty solid career. This is a guy who ran like a 4-6-40. His main knock is that he's 5'11". Uh, but he does have a winning pedigree. His players loved him. I wouldn't blame anybody who has him as their seventh best quarterback. I know I'm dragging on here, but I got two more that I mm-hmm. want to mention. Dorian Robinson or Dorian Thompson Robinson, our guy um, Jordan Reed pointed out that he's a gold star uh, performer for him, basically saying like he's not a blue chip athlete, but if he was on the clock and Jordan was in a war room, that he would tell them like, hey, I vouch for um, Dorian Thompson Robinson. The main problem with Dorian is he's like, if you got a six foot cornerback, and turned him into quarterback. That's Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, he's literally built like a corner. But here's my number seven, <laughs> a Division two quarterback from Shepard, the Shepard Rams. He would be the first <laughs> division quarterback drafted. His name is Tyson B- Bagent. He got invited to the combine because he destroyed that many records at um, – Shepard. I don't even know where Shepard's at, but um, he is now the leading touchdown holder for across all, all NCAA divisions across all positions. Um, I mean, he has a, a wicked, wicked arm. I mean, if you want to talk about a cool success story, it's this guy. I think he for sure has an NFL arm. He can execute the play action passing game. RBOs. The coach of Shepard seems like he used his advanced offensive knowledge to obliterate his Division II opponents, and he's got these kids over in Shepard learning pro-style offenses. The worst <laughs> things about him would be like he had schemed throws, needs consistency in executing reads, and then he's a D2 quarterback. Those are mm-hmm. his only knocks. I mean, he's six foot three, two fifteen. The hands are huge. He runs a four seven forty. Um, but I mean, this guy, I think that he will be the first division two quarterback drafted. Um, I'm not going to let y'all forget it, but don't forget it anyways. It's Tyson Badgent. The best part is when, so Uh, I never, I've never heard of him, but the best part is when you Google him, you get a bunch of, a bunch of pictures of when he's like 13 and 14. So it looks like you're just Googling this kid (laughs) because he's, you know, like he's so underground that, uh, the, the pictures of him are like from, like I'm not kidding. There's a couple. It looks like my son's age, and my son's only six. Yeah, no this this is the t- the next Tony Romo. If, if <laughs> he gets drafted, this is the next Tony Romo. Even though Tony Romo went undrafted, mm-hmm. Tyson Badgett has. I know that. I mean, I'm just a dude in Corpus Christi who just lives a normal life. If I'm seeing something like Tyson Badgett, there's a guy in a war room somewhere else that's like, hey, at very worst, undrafted free agent, I guess, but. Definitely keep an eye on him. He has all the tools. So I want to go back to Dorian Thompson Robinson one more time. Um, so with uh, with Jordan Reed calling him out, and then you saying that he's a basically looks like a corner, and with all of his athletics too. Mm-hmm. But then you watch the tape, and his arm is just as strong as the rest of these guys. Uh, yep. He's fast as hell. I guess the knock mm-hmm. on him is decision making. Why is he that far below all the rest? I mean, he went to a big school. Well, the the main problem would be, uh, let's see, he has for his historically with the NFL com- 
combined, he has fifth percentile weight, 17th percentile arm. His wingspan is 31%. His three cone was 19. His shuttle was 28. So he's actually, well, I mean, his broad jump was 93. So he's not very shifty. He's kind of explosive, but his arms and his weight are wicked small. So like he might have a strong arm, but I mean, this dude is, he's built like a mouse, uh, but like a thick, a thick mouse. Uh, my, my main thing against him would probably be too inconsistent of a downfield passer. If you have this guy in your offense, it's pretty much, um, I guess if you were to like create a Madden player, he'd have like 90 speed and a lot of short throw accuracy, but his medium and deep throw accuracy would be balls. Okay. I see. But, um, I, me personally, I, I could see the Vikings taking someone like this, especially if he fell to like the fifth round. This guy, uh, from what I was reading about him, is a hell of a leader. Everybody loves him. Ran a four five forty, which you love to see. Um, I do think that he is kind of like a quasi guy, um, kind of like a more polished Josh Johnson, which isn't that great. But, <laughs> so, yeah. so you're talking about the ex Bronco Josh Johnson. <laughs> X everything. Yeah. The, 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 the ex Bronco Josh Johnson that wished Marquette a happy birthday at training camp that I got on video. Hey, what a nice guy. Yeah, awesome dude. Hey, that that reel got me over ten thousand views. <laughs> Great Cody, dude. What Cody, a cool dude. I'm glad you brought him up, Cody. He also did not run uh, as much as you'd like to see someone with a four or five speed. So he's a running quarterback who doesn't run. Is it a thing? So if you say that he's uh, six feet and a buck and a quarter, or what is he, six feet, 160 or something like that, isn't it a thing where he could come in and somebody in the Vikings training staff is uh, say, all right, homie, we got to get you up to 185. I mean, isn't, I mean, <laughs> asking like uh, a middleweight to get into the heavyweight? Yeah. Is that just not a. For me, it's, it's really about the frame in that scenario but i feel like if someone comes in and they're like hey we gotta increase your weight and they went to the combine and uh the most they put up okay like i guess for quarterbacks it's a little different for like receivers you got all these receivers this year coming in they look like they're it's like the elementary school wide receivers this year they're all small they're all tiny and um you got some of these guys who really needed to come in at least 175, hopefully 180 pounds. And then they come in six, seven pounds less than you were thinking they were going to come in. You're telling me you had weeks to eat and put on <laughs> weight and you couldn't even drink a, a couple quarts of water to weigh a little bit more. You tell me you tried your hardest to weigh more and you still couldn't weigh shit. I'm not sure that some meal plan or workout plan is really going to. Hey, homie, that. we're going to need you to put on a few pounds immediately. <laughs> so is the it be easy for a lot of people in those in those roles though, at that time. Basically, what I was saying is, if they're going to put on the weight, I think that they they can already put it on. Like Zay Flowers put on 13 pounds of muscle for the combine. So in my head, I'm over here like. That guy can put on weight. So Google <laughs> and all the draft sites, what are, what are we missing here? Because they say he's 6'1", 205. Is, is that not right? Or is that just not big enough? Does he look small? Uh, I think that it also applies into his – the percentile thing might also apply his hands and his arms as well. Because I'm looking at it too. Surely 6'2", and 203 is not 33 percentile on 5 percentile. Um. Yeah, it says percentile calculated on how any given stat would rank at the NFL Combine historically in the players' position group. Okay. Well, yeah, that's. So, uh, um, I thought he. I'd was have to get. Like I'd have to get slight, back slight, to you but... on that, and yeah, we can. I'd have to get back to you on that, and we could talk about before the draft how, um, what the perfect percentiles would be. <laughs> If you're making what? Well, I mean, I guess we could just look up Anthony Richardson. Yeah, yeah, that point. <laughs> the blueprint. <laughs> All right, Wes. Uh, one final thing from you, sir. Um, you got one draft take that you haven't brought up to the group in the last month that you want to get off your chest. Uh, yeah, actually, I I do. I I might have brought up something similar to this, but um, with a lot of talk ongoing and fantasy relevance mm -hmm. um i am going to give 
the over under for first round wide receivers 1.5. Oh. Yeah, no, I One, agree. I agree with you there. Holy crap. 1.5 for the over under which is stark contrast to years yeah. prior. Uh this this wide receiver class does not have the um the playmakers of years past. Um Jack it's Jackson Smith and Jigba, and that's pretty much it. Oh, what about the, uh, what about the kid out of uh, TCU? Quentin? Uh Quentin, he's got the athletic profile, but uh his route tree and everything else just isn't met. Uh, measuring up, he he seems more of a second round prospect. Yeah. Uh, all, all the all the wide receivers have some kind of red flag. Um, even Jackson Smith and Jigba, he he didn't play really at all last year. Uh, which which is a knock against him, Cody. I mean, regardless of what whatever said, he he had a hamstring injury that kept him out all year. Um. Outside of that, though, his sophomore season was phenomenal. He stood out amongst uh, Chris Lave and uh, Garrett Wilson and Marvin Harrison, who's the best out of all of them. Yes. So, yes, he Jackson or JSN is is the the top wide receiver in this class, but all of the wide receivers have something that is a little cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Addison, he was the Blitnikoff winner at Pittsburgh. He transferred to USC to play with Caleb Williams, arguably uh, the first quarterback for next year's draft to be taken um, and couldn't, couldn't establish himself. Uh, whether that's working with a, a new quarterback or, or what, maybe Williams was spreading the ball around a little bit more, but um, he didn't. Wow. And then he goes to the combine and uh, what was he? 174 pounds, something Mm -hmm. like that. Ran a a slower 40 time. Um, That's not great. That screams second round to me. Um, I think out of all the wide receivers, the other one that could sneak in is Zay Flowers. He profiles his, uh, more of a slot guy, but uh, I could see him establishing himself and and sneaking into uh, the first round for wide receiver. Needed. Uh, well, it's it's about time though the wide receiver crop took a little bit of a uh, of a slow though because the past few years have been pretty pretty special. I think there's going to be three. Um, I do think that Quentin Johnson gets the draft capital in the first round just because. Everybody's so little this year, and he's him and A.T. Perry are really the two guys. A.T. Perry, six foot five, probably a third or fourth rounder. These are the only two guys who are that typical, like, huge X receiver. I, I, I think that, like, really break down Quentin Hull athletic. Uh, those two things will give him enough. I think JSN goes top. 12 for me the big key is jordan addison i mean he was a lot of people's wide receiver one before the season started he went to usc to prove that hey i could play any position anywhere with any quarterback and be great and while his numbers went down he did still do great don't sleep on jordan addison everybody in the community is sleeping on jordan addison (laughs) this is like a smaller stefan Diggs. He, he got he got arms as long as a pterodactyl and huge catcher's mitts, and he can play. He's the only one of these top receivers. Actually, he might be one of the only receivers in the whole draft that could play anywhere starting on day one, any position in the offense. So I think that those three players, if I had to run that bet, I would put the over, thinking that those three players get in there. And like you said, Zay Flowers, I think he could get in there, and I liked Zay Flowers a lot. And the more I look at him, the more I'm off of him. And then now I see those pictures of him in a Vikings uniform. And I'm like, no, like this guy is a Zan McKenzie 2.0. He is, um, he reminds me of that running back that played for Green Bay or no, that wide receiver that played for Green Bay that moved to running back. I can't remember what his name is. 
Oh, I know who you're talking but about. That's too. Zay Flowers. Um, and I didn't want to touch on the percentile thing earlier. It look, I was looking at Anthony Richardson's. It looks like the the higher it goes, the closer to 100% you are because Anthony Richardson is uh, 244 pounds, which is 98% percentile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, hey, I got a really... And then if you look at that link and go down to the bottom to that spread chart, I sent it to y'all because it's stupid. It touches almost every the chart it's insane jason are you saying something oh yeah yeah this this is real real quick and i don't know if you guys have heard this or not but since we did spend the show on the draft which i'm so uh uninformed about did hear something is that this particular situation or instance could be what triggers the NFL to go to a lottery system for the draft. If this is in fact, if this does in fact play out now, I have never heard anything about the NFL ever going to the lottery system. This would certainly make sense if it were the case, because I've already mentioned on this show, I'd think about tanking for that guy. (laughs) And I would think about trading my my entire draft arsenal for that guy. Like like Ditka did back in 2000. It might not even be enough. You know, if you're just doing... uh, 99. Yeah, it might not even even be enough just doing uh, picks one through seven. Um, It might have to be that and... Some first round juice. Yeah, the lottery. Well, yeah. The, the lottery. So that was my question to you. If, yeah, the lottery yeah. system in the NBA has made, I think, more parity or at least less tanking, and you know it bugs the shit out of some general managers. But you know, I don't know. The NFL seems to be setting their ways a lot of times, especially once you get all the general managers together. But listen, fellas, we've already run over, so we will shelf the rest. Um, talk about next week. I can't remember what we didn't get to. No, I think we oh, pretty we'll much talk about the Duke next week. Yeah, we'll talk about see why Elway doesn't work in the front office anymore of the Broncos. But gentlemen, we will talk to you in one week, and we will be two weeks two weeks away from the draft. All right, awesome. two more weeks. All right, good night, guys. All right, take it easy. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.